part two of session 91. We're going to dive deep, deeper than we have ever been into the matrix of mind, the archetypical mind. Let's begin. In the first part of the session, we started talking about miscellaneous stuff. Uh, we talked about the silver cord and some questions about the archetypical mind that came here and also uh, roots of the mind, which were really interesting. Uh, but that's where the conversation uh, left in the archetypical mind, questions about the different archetypes that have been used after the veiling process and how the, um, the creator has experimented with different uh, configurations of archetypes for the archetypical mind, which is what provides the experience of manifestation. So here for the first time, and I think this is for, it's the only session when we talk about the matrix of mind in depth because we're going to discuss the iconography of the cards, or in this case, the card, the magician. And so we will go through this and I don't think I'll be able to finish the session today. So we'll see where we get to and then finish the rest on part three. Um, just a quick refresher when we talk about the archetypical mind we're talking about the three cycles of the evolution of the mind body spirit complex and so we're talking about a cycle for mind cycle for body and a cycle for spirit we didn't get much information on body and spirit as we did for mind in the whole raw material so what we have is what we have and um, fair warning here, I am not a student of the archetypical mind, much less of the tarot. So I can only give you my interpretation based on what I know of the philosophy of the law of one. And um, that's it. Uh, but for further studies, the best way that is always recommended is that you study the images and then draw your own conclusions based on what you know about uh, what mind, body and spirit is. And so that is the best advice that I can give. With that in mind, I have a couple of um, quotes from Ra that were interesting to, to keep in mind while we uh, or are interesting to keep in mind while we study this this part and I'm going to read a couple of them when talking about this card the magician they say that the magician in essence represents the conscious mind and more especially the will so that is um, that's important for me because the way I'm going to describe how I see the matrix of mind has to do with uh, direction of will or how the will is, uh, is intertwined with the matrix of mind. 
in another part that that was 74 question 4 by the way if you want to look it up um, in question 11 of session 78 they said it is to be noted that of itself consciousness is unmoved um, here they are describing the uh, the nature of the matrix uh, consciousness I don't like much the way we use consciousness this is another problem we only have mind and consciousness and sometimes this is even regarded as one thing uh, so I'm talking about the language that we use in Western society even in Spanish it's the same problem uh, in fact in Spanish is probably even worse because at least we have awareness the word awareness in English uh, which is awareness and consciousness are both the same thing in Spanish so we have a very poor way to describe the psychology of or yeah the whole processes of the mind um, so again I don't like the way they use consciousness here because I'm used to referring to consciousness as that which is the imperturbable uh, the basis of reality uh, but even here they say consciousness is unmoved, but they don't mean the same thing as we mean in non-duality as consciousness being um, eternal, um, just immaculate, imperturbable, like I said. Uh, they refer here as consciousness, um, as the conscious mind. Whenever they, they say consciousness, they're very much referring to the conscious mind. Um, so, in essence, the conscious mind is unmoved. That's what the matrix represents. And then finally, in session 79, question 20, they said, the matrix of mind is that from which all comes. It is unmoving yet. It is the activator in, potentiator, in potentiation of all mind activity. Um, so, once again, we see that it is unmoving yet is the activator in potentiation of all mind activity so you can see it as the activator and then the potentiator being the unconscious mind so that interaction that that's a another way to to begin the study of the archetypical mind especially with the mind the conscious mind and the unconscious mind Ra indicates that for the adept the first thing that is to be studied is the mind so it's a hint start by studying the matrix of the mind and the potentiator so those are the quotes that i have and i will probably refer to them as we go along because um, we're going to be describing that precise archetype of of the mind which is the matrix all right, with that long introduction, uh, let's get into the first question that I have here, which is the transition between the questions about uh, how many archetypes existed prior to this 21, if there are more, are there uh, fewer archetypes, and so on. So Don makes the transition, and this is the first question that we have here today. Fresh, new. Question 18. Don says, thank you. We have some observations on the archetypes as follows. First, the matrix of the mind is depicted in the Egyptian tarot by a male. And this 
we take as creative energy, intelligently directive. Would Ra comment on this? Ra says, this is an extremely thoughtful perception, seeing as it does the male, not as it does the male, not specifically as biological male, but as male principle. Why did I read this wrong? This is an extremely thoughtful perception, seeing as it does the male, not specifically as biological male, but as a male principle. I don't know why that reads so strange. Uh, in any case, that's just... Um, it's important to see, I guess this is a very short comment that I'll make. It's important to see all the iconography of the the tarot as being non-biological, especially with gender, but uh, in terms of principles, okay? And here we're looking at the male principle, which is outreaching. See, the female is awaiting to be, uh, to be touched, to be reached, to be uh, interacted with. So that is the male principle. It is not a male, like, I don't know, maybe a, a very superficial uh, interpretation would be that uh, biological, biological males are more drawn to the matrix of the mind. So it's a, it's a very male-oriented, biological male-oriented uh, archetype. It's not. It has to do with the, with the principle. And so because we have a, metaphysically, we have a 50-50 energy, um, not in manifestation, of course, that's a whole different topic, but in terms of our principle, we're made out of the two energies, we're yin-yang. So we, we both possess this in our minds. This is talking about the, like they said, the principles of, of manifestation and of experience, of course polarity as it were so they continue saying you will note that there are very definite sexual biases in the images they are intended to function both as information as to which biological as to which biological entity or energy will attract which archetype but also as a more general view which sees polarity as a key to the archetypical mind of third density so two things they mention one is that uh, they're intended to function um, as as a pairing. So, for example, like I said, matrix and potentiator pair them together. That's male and female. Same with uh, catalyst and experience. You see, so sometimes we see both in the same card. So we need to see what's going on there and what does that represent. So we kind of study the interaction between male and female polarities within the structure of the archetypical mind for an understanding of how the mind works in, in this dynamic of polarity. So that, but also the more general view, uh, which, is, which sees polarity as key of the archetypical mind. So there may be polarity without being represented by male and female um, human figures so i think that's what they're mentioning here sees polarity as key to the archetypical mind of third density remember third density is the density of choice so what are we choosing we're choosing between two polarities uh, the positive or the negative path and this is also heavily heavily uh, implied in the archetypical mind because that's what's happening so of course if we're studying 
the basis, the structure, uh, the blueprint of the mind, then we're going to see polarity and choice uh, at all times within the movements, dynamics, and uh, interplay between these archetypes. So, yeah, that's um, that's a good observation to begin with, and let's see what's the next question. Question 19, Don says, Secondly, we have the wand, which has been seen as the power of will. Would Ra comment? Ra says, The concept of will is indeed pouring forth from each facet of the image of the matrix of the mind. The wand as the will, however, is, shall we say, an astrological derivative of the outreaching hand forming the, shall we say, magical gesture. So, um, we're going to also see, which I think has been mentioned already, that there are many influences of um, astrological origin, which is the how the cards have been depicted for... Uh, we should actually be grateful that it has been over 3,000 years since this was transmitted, and we have still some sort of resemblance to the original depiction of the images. So what does that mean? That some of the images that we have are influenced by astrological and other perhaps um, intentions to, to draw in the card, to refer to that specific um, line of study or desire to use the symbology. In other words, there are parts of the cards that do not pertain to uh, to the archetypical mind or the study of the archetypical mind through the tarot. So um, that's basically all that is saying. And so the wand um, is is not. It's it's one of those um, influences. That's why Ra says. The concept of will is indeed pouring forth. I'm going to talk about this because this is where the the real value of the answer is. The wand as the will is of an astrological derivative of the outreaching hand forming the magical gesture. So if we look at the image, and I'll put it here. Um, if we look at the image, we'll see that uh, it has a, a hand pointing to uh, to the box, which we're going to discuss in a little bit. So it seems like maybe the, I don't know what the, the original image was, but in this one, there is no wand and it is a hand actually pointing at, at the box. Um, actually, it doesn't look like it's pointing at it. <laughs> in this image, it just looks like it's, um, it, the hand is just resting, but it's supposed to be pointing. So I would correct that. I don't know why they they draw it they draw it they drew it that way <laughs> um, but yeah it's uh, it's supposed to be pointing at the box so um, we don't need the one okay now about the concept of will pouring from each facet of the image um, that is precisely what the the conscious mind is is the will. That's why in 74.4, uh, 
they said the magician, so, 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 if you read it, uh, finally they say represents the conscious mind and more especially the will. So let me give my interpretation so we can we can move on with this in mind appropriately in mind. <laughs> so the mind is a very deep um, process, activity of consciousness, of awareness, of the creator, intelligent infinity, right? The mind is a very complex motion of awareness. So we have the unconscious mind as the term that we use for all those things that are hidden to us right now, what we're seeing. Good, because that leaves us with the experience of this which we see as the conscious mind. Fantastic. However, the matrix of the mind to me represents um, that interface that we are always interacting with, which is this, this reality, right? This illusion as it has been coined the term. I like the word Maya, meaning magic, uh, illusion as magic. Uh, it's an appearance, uh, a ghostly appearance, it's an imagination, it's a dream. All of this is different words that we use to refer to this activity of consciousness, of awareness. You are fundamentally awareness and this which is happening is the magic of your movement. So if you see it that way, then that is what the matrix represents is this interface, you know, this matrix. Um, I was thinking as those, uh, you know, those printers that had the um, matrix dot printers, I think they were called because they printed with dots, dot, 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 you know, and it reminds me of, well, when we look at an interface, we're looking at it at, at a screen, at some sort of projection. And so what is a projection or a screen? It's a bunch of pixels, dots, 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 that's a matrix. So we're looking at reality, right? We think this is the real world and we're looking at a matrix. So that interaction is all the matrix of the mind. This is the matrix of the mind is being projected out here, right? And that's why Ra says that is unmoved because it is moved by the deeper portions of the mind, the unconscious mind, which gives it life which gives it reality, it gives it motion, it sees, right? It's almost like, um, let's keep using the analogy of uh, screens. You think you're looking at a moving object, but what you're looking at is a modulation, right? Uh, frames, when you look at a movie, it's just still frames, but they're moving so fast that it looks like there's motion. There is no motion. There's just, you know, uh, clip, 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 or picture, picture, picture motion picture. And so all of this helps to stimulate the experience of knowing that this is a matrix of mind. Uh, but fundamentally, what's moving all of this, or rather, the mover of reality is consciousness. And that is an exquisite, beautiful way to, uh, to understand the mind itself. Okay. 
let's move to the next part of this answer where Ross says the excellent portion of the image which may be seen distinctly as separate from the concept of the wand is that sphere which indicates the spiritual nature of the object of the will of one wishing to do magical acts within the manifestation of your density so uh, the excellent portion excellent portion of the image is that sphere which um, Again, if you see it, look at the image, um, you can see that it's um, it's like an orb, right? And that, because it is round, I think that is the interpretation, right? That is round. And that means that there is completeness to it. That That is the spiritual nature of, um, of the direction of will. It's being directed towards uh, spiritual seeking, right? That's, and I'll, I'm gonna make a comment on this because it's very relevant to know that all that the matrix sees or looks for is spirituality, whether it knows it consciously or not, whether it is informed by it or not. Um, so yeah, that is the, the spiritual nature. And then the magical, part of it is that uh, the direction of will is really what manifests you know in seeking will is seeking um, spiritual spirituality or the spiritual nature of reality and so in that movement in that activity of seeking it produces magic you see uh, once again the word magic appears here and although it's unrelated i tie it into the illusion. The illusion is magic. It's not deceit, it's not deception, it's not, as some people interpret it, some sort of um, prison for the mind, for my soul, and so on. Uh, I think that is a wrong interpretation, and this comes from various uh, ways to interpret uh, mythology or yeah, mythological representations of reality. I think that's a mistake. But again, everybody is free to create whatever they want. You know, if they want to see this as a prison, then great. You know, it's a prison. Then enjoy it if that's... But at least do it consciously. Know that you are creating the idea that this is a prison or a deceit or the archons are coming here. And um, uh, I've even heard in the beginning stages of my, my seeking, I remember hearing that it was some reptilians and other negative entities that lived in the moon and the moon is a sort of projection and so they are projecting some sort of holographic nature here for us the souls to see it's very bizarre now i see it very bizarre at the time i was fascinated i said oh my god is that really it uh oh yeah it, it goes deep that rabbit hole goes deep um so yeah, um, not against it. I mean, fascinating what we can create, but it doesn't resonate with me anymore. It doesn't seem like it's a, it's a real deal. Not to me, at least. But moving on. Question 20. Don says, the hand downward has been seen as seeking from within, not outwardly active, not outwardly active dominance over the material world. Would Ra comment? 
Ra says, look again, O student. Does the hand reach within? Nay, without potentiation, the conscious mind has no inwardness. That hand, O student, reaches towards that which outside its unpotentiated influence is locked from it. Outside its unpotentiated influence is locked from it. So, interesting. First of all, we can see Ra becoming all poetic here <laughs> in its language. Oh, student, nay. Oh, student, it reaches out. <laughs> uh, I love it. I really do. Um, so, okay. Again, I don't think the hand in this image is reaching uh, or pointing. I think a better drawing is um, is needed, but that's just my my own bias. In any case, the hand is reaching, but not within. Um, it's reaching. It's pointing towards the the box. So let's. <laughs> Uh, let's let's let the bird out of the box or the cat out of the bag. <laughs> uh, the box represents the illusion, uh, this the uh, third density illusion, and the bird, which is within the box, is the spirit. So, what is it the matrix is doing? It's looking directly, pointing at or reaching out to the spirit because it wants it. But it's locked. It can't reach it. Not if it's un, uh, unpotentiated, like Ra says. So it needs to potentiate itself to reach that which is uh, seeking. Or to uh, get his hand, wrap his uh, hand around the spirit. Um, so that is the, the way in practice. This is what I said. And I think it's going to be going to be further explained in the next questions but this is what I meant um, the matrix of the mind is always reaching for spirituality people are always seeking as I always say people are seeking that which is spirituality spirituality is peace within is satisfaction it is uh, abundance all of this is what spirituality means. It, it is the recognition and the living by that recognition that everything is fine, that everything is perfectly fine. Everything is beautiful, you see? And so without the mind being informed in a spiritual direction, in a polarized direction, I should say, it's going to be left dissatisfied and in that dissatisfaction is going to reach out for those things that give it that pleasure and so we get into the passions that we develop the desires that are um, perhaps um, what should I call it because desires desires in and of themselves are not a problem is um, unconscious desires uninformed desires right and so everybody is even if they are not 
seeking to polarize themselves. They're seeking spirituality. Everybody is looking for satisfaction in their lives. The satisfaction comes from within, but we look for it without, outside. So that's why Ross says, without potentiation, potentiation, the conscious mind has no inwardness, right? Meditation, inside, going deep inside. That hand is trying to reach the spirit. That's what it's looking for, whether it knows it or not, consciously. Next question. Question 21. Don says, the square cage may represent the material illusion, an unmagical shape. Would Ra comment? Ra says, this square, or the square, wherever seen, is the symbol of the third density illusion, and may be seen either as unmagical or, in the proper configuration, as having been manifested within. That is, the material world giving life. So... Ooh, yeah, we have we have a couple of beautiful things here. First, yes, the square, whatever seen, is the symbol of third density illusion. Um, I can't remember where else is uh, the square. I think within the mind, maybe the great way has it. It must have it, right? Yeah, I think the great way has it. But in any case, now we know, take notes, the square, wherever seen in the symbology or iconography of the Tarot, it represents the illusion, third density illusion. Uh, and it may be seen as either unmagical, right? Um, I like that. The unmagical to me is that it, it represents the the unseen, it's there, it's in potentiation or potentially something, but it hasn't been touched by awareness, um, right? It's only when illusion is illumined by awareness that it takes form and it has life. So it's not that it, 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 it exists without awareness, it's just that for the purpose of experience, it exists outside of conscious awareness, you see? So for example, uh, you are awareness, you're infinity, you know that, you can feel it, and yet when you go into experience, then you know that is there is a darkness, it's clouded, right? So that's the unmagical part. Uh, Ra says that in the proper configuration, as having been manifested within, uh, in the proper configuration is not outside that it's being manifested and then you know I am here I was born into it <laughs> you were not born into it this universe was born out from you and so that is the um, what I consider that Ra is saying here with having been manifested uh, within and so they say the material world given life To me, there's a beautiful reflection here that we explore in non-dual teachings, which is that awareness in and of itself uh, has no experience other than itself. Awareness experiences itself as infinity, and there is no 
uh, lack there is no lack of completeness um, it contains all and it's full complete plenum or plenty uh, that is but if it wants to know itself then it needs to veil itself and so this material world this manifested world is part of the veiling process not as it is in the law of one i'm talking about non-dual terms here when we say veiling it just means a very simple uh, analogy of clouding itself clouding uh, i used to imagine it as a infinite amount of light that's what awareness is and then to experience itself it needs to darken that light and so for the first time it sees form form is made out of darkness so that is the illusion it's an illusion because it's not real that is light only then has been veiled has been um, hidden from itself only awareness can know it so that is um, that is the way I see it that is the the illusion that's what the square represents to me let's move on speaking of darkness in question 22 don says the dark area around the square would then be the darkness of the subconscious mind would Ra comment ah. Ra says there is no further thing to say to the perceptive student <laughs> i just love it you know they seem so passionate about this whereas in other questions they're they're very blunt and you know straight with the answers here they're just uh you can see a, a music in in <laughs> the way they talk um so in the box there is a square that is a uh, square uh, there is a darkness a dark part that represents um the conscious mind cannot see uh directly its subconscious mind See, you can only see it manifested. See, once it bubbles up, it says, oh, yes, this is the manifestation of the subconscious mind. So that is the dark area around the square. And I, yeah, the subconscious mind, I think that's actually beautiful, yeah, because the subconscious mind is what uh, underlies the, the illusion. Or the illusion that we are manifesting the illusion that we are seeing you know, how we see the world depends on our subconscious mind so we can see nowadays a lot of uh, a lot of work and let's say teachings that help you reprogram your subconscious mind so you can what create your own reality oh, isn't that curious of course because we are always creating our own reality it's just that when you take control of your subconscious mind, as it were, you don't ever take control of your, of your subconscious mind, but if you're, you start in the spiritual path, then you start having more knowledge about the subconscious mind, and then, of course, you're going to be able to discern better out of your subconscious mind and not fall into repetitive patterns that are destructive and are harmful for yourself and others. So you kind of have a better grip of your subconscious mind, let's just say you're more conscious of your subconscious mind and that is illumining with awareness 
So, yeah, that's uh, that's what the the dark, the darkness around the box represents the subconscious mind. It's fascinating. In question twenty-three, Don says the checkered portion would represent polarity, and Ra says this is also satisfactory. Now, again, if you look at the image, you will see that um, there is a checkered portion, black and white, at the bottom of the cage, the illusion. And this is um, this is great because what do we see? I think at this point we're already talking about. Um, I mean, it can actually represent everything. Uh, but since we're talking about the archetypical mind, then I would say that it represents uh, spiritual polarity, meaning left-hand path, right-hand path, negative, positive. Um, yeah, I, good and evil kind of thing. But it can also represent, you know, all the different polarities that exist within their density, meaning that there's, you know, hot and cold, up and down, inside and outside, um, short and long, and so on, right? So it could represent that basic polarity in which everything is manifested, the matrix of mind is manifested. But I, I don't know, I'm tempted to say that it represents uh, spiritual polarity, which is, that's what we're evolving, right? So archetypical mind is evolution, so I think that that's what specifically represents, but it could also represent every other polarity that exists in our third density illusion. So that is satisfactory, as Ra says. Question 24, and Don says, the bird is a messenger that the hand is reaching down to unlock. Can Ra comment on that uh, messenger? Is it, what does Ra say? The winged visions or images in this system are to be noted not so much for their distinct kind as for the position of the wings. All birds are indeed intended to suggest flight and messages and movement, and in some cases, protection. So if you're studying the tarot, take note of all of those representations for the bird, flight, messages, movement, and in some cases, protection. Um, but here it seems like it's uh, the winged visions or images. By the way, I remember reaching out to Toby Wheelock, uh, who is the, um, um, the caretaker or the owner of lawofone.info. And I said, in my complete ignorance, I said, oh, there is a, a tilde in the winged vision. And to me, because I'm Spanish, it looks like it's on the other side, because <laughs> we, we usually, put it um, tilting towards the right. Here's tilting towards the left, upwards left. And I said, there's a, there's a typo there. <laughs> he, of course, nourished my intelligence by telling me that that's how um, it's not, because I guess it can be pronounced differently. I don't know if it's winched or winged but winged, I think is the proper pronunciation when it has that little tilde. Um, English just never ceases to surprise me because I've never seen a tilde in English. 
but I guess I guess in this case is use one of those exceptions one of those many exceptions in English but yeah it's supposed to be pronounced I think winged so winged visions uh, meaning that you know the images that have wings um, are not so much for their distinct kind as for the position of the wings so the position is very important and like I said uh, this the bird represents the spirit I think that's across the whole imagery of the archetypical mind but yeah um, what else do they say They say the folded wing in this image is intended to suggest that just as the matrix figure, the magician cannot act without reaching his winged spirit, so neither can the spirit fly, lest it be released into conscious manifestation and fructified thereby. So this is, uh, it's great because just like both things, right? So the matrix figure, the magician, cannot act without reaching its winged spirit right that's what it's doing it's reaching reaching inwardly um, how does it do it through the unconscious mind through meditation that's why i believe right the whole imagery also of the tree of mind there is the conscious mind outside right part of the tree then the trunk is the intuition which is still part of the conscious mind and then it moves into the roots of the mind but the roots of the mind, meaning the unconscious mind, they reach out to intelligent infinity. Through what? The spirit channel, the shuttle, as Ra calls it. So, yeah, in the same way that the matrix needs to reach to, uh, to the spirit, uh, so the spirit cannot fly, right? It cannot be released um, unless the conscious mind you know, does it, you know, it moves, you know, and then maybe spiritual awakening can happen. I don't know. Many things could be interpreted out of this, but it's, um, is the matrix of mind reaching out to where it wants. So I would say, you know, just a comment here, but I would say that most people, when they are just reaching out, they know they're, re they don't know that they're reaching out to spirit to make changes in their lives. Uh, to find that satisfaction that they want uh, and so they're not successfully releasing the bird for its flight whereas the conscious seeker the spiritual seeker does so purposely it knows that what it seeks is that um, spiritual activation right and so it's um it's fructified as ross says so i think that would be my uh, shallow interpretation of this. I think that one of the ways that we can see this is that the, when the matrix of mind is working towards evolution, that it, it's allowing the spirit to fly, right? It's releasing it from the constrictions of the illusion. It's reaching beyond the illusion, if you want, right? So beyond the illusion, what is there? Spirit. Okay, so that is satisfactory to me. Let's move on. Question 25, Don says, the star could represent the potentiating force of the subconscious mind. Is this correct? 
Ross says, this particular part of this image is best seen in astrological terms. We would comment at this space-time that Ra did not include the astrological portions of these images in the system of images designed to evoke the archetypical late motifs. Late motifs is um, it's a recurring theme. Um, I think the structure is late as leading motifs as motif. So uh, the leading motive, that which is permanent and consistent within um, whatever it is, could be a literal uh, piece or it could be a musical piece, but that which is um, a of a repetitive nature that reminds of the main, the main course that is being served basically uh, to the senses in one way or another. In this case, the archetypical leitmotifs um, are evolution, are the understanding of the process of evolution through the archetypical mind. So, yeah, it's not astrological. So that's a different use that it's been uh, attributed to the tarot. Uh, and I guess that's fine for the people who use it that way. But we're not using it that way here. And so that is the comment that Ross says, saying... Uh, just saying that we didn't include it. So if we're, we're studying the archetypical mind, then let's get rid of it because it doesn't it doesn't do anything to us for the study of the archetypical mind. Okay, so what else did they say? Well, this is done now. Question 26, Don says, are there any other additions to card number one other than the star that are of other than the basic archetypical aspects? So Don is being, you know, racer sharp here. Tell me so we can get rid of everything that is of, of no use to us. Ross says, there are details of each image seen through the cultural eye of the time of inscription. This is to be expected. Therefore, when viewing the, shall we say, Egyptian customs and systems of mythology used in the images, it is far better to penetrate to the heart of the customs, significance or the creature's significance, rather than clinging to a culture which is not your own. Let me just say that this right here is, in essence, a flame in my heart. It's a little candle that started burning when I started my seeking and it has gained more uh, combustion, if you will, over time. Um, it's interesting that Ra doesn't say, um, it doesn't tell, they don't tell Don this, this and that is astrological. I don't know why, because they'll eventually say it. Uh, but they they gave us this and this message to me is really important Ra is in essence saying you're looking at something that is not of your culture right um, look beyond the symbology the mythology this is something that I use all the time because we as seekers can get lost in the symbology of what things 
are supposed to represent. For example, you know me as a very interest, um, fascinating person with Buddhism because Buddhism is such a beautiful science, philosophy, uh, spiritual, whatever you want to call it, I think the best way to describe it is science, is very clear-cut definitions of what is. No denying, no way to argument against it unless you have your own belief structures. And if you're not willing to destroy and obliterate those belief structures, and you'll have trouble trying to understand Buddhism. You have to destroy everything, absolutely everything. Um, and so something new can arise, yeah? And even there in Buddhism, I have seen lots of mythology because that's the nature of us humans. We just like to create mythology. Why? Because it's easy to explain to others. I don't understand how we are all awareness. Well, uh, imagine that you're a screen, you know? <laughs> that's a mythology right there. Oh, everything's a screen. You see, of course, for the first-hand student, they get it and they say, oh, that's what it means. So we're just gonna use this to teach someone else. But then the teaching becomes the screen, you know, and they forget awareness. And then the screen becomes pixels. And, you know, the whole analogy would go into a body of study. That is hindrance to me. It started to create, you know, the idea of belief. No, 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 we have to uh, believe in the gods and the different deities. And these are the influences. They are referring to something that is real, but that is not real. That is a reference point that is the finger pointing at the moon. So let me reread this and you can see why I'm so passionate about this. Ra is talking about the iconography of the images in the Tarot for the study of the archetypical mind. The archetypical mind is a very real thing that we all experience. Nobody is exempt from this. And so there is an experience of archetypical nature that we are directed to study. Yes, but because we need to teach it in a way that our minds can grasp it, we use symbology. That symbology is put into question here to a degree, because some symbology obviously is needed to arrive at that experience. And yet the symbology um, can be confusing, especially um, those which were not, of course, intended to be there. So they are saying, there are details of each image seen through the cultural eye of the time of inscription. They just saw it and they say, this is the best way we can describe this experience or this understanding. This is to be expected, like Ra said, we all do this. Therefore, when viewing the Egyptian customs and systems of mythology, using the images, right? When looking at you know all these different symbols and mythological uh, drawings, then it is far better to penetrate to the heart of custom significance or the creature's significance, rather than clinging to a culture which is not your own. Perfectly described. Do not cling to, uh, I don't know, uh, the Ankh, uh, Isis, and whatever else is represented in, Isis is not represented as far as I know, but the Ibis, uh, and 
whatever other customs that were there don't cling to that go straight into the significance of what it means and i think that is the most uh, fructiferous attempt that we can make in in learning this they say something else and they finish with in each entity the image will resonate slightly differently therefore there is the desire upon Ross part to allow for the creative envisioning of each archetype using general guidelines rather than specific and limiting definitions. So this may answer my question as to why Ra didn't answer Don's question on tell me which symbology doesn't belong there. Uh, so even those, I think what Ra is saying here is that even those things that exist there don't cling to that to those you know to the box and the bird and everything else just look at what it means you know see what it's trying to tell you and use your own creative envisioning to see um what what's happening you know in each part so that's why we should all look at the images and interpret it it's it's art you know that, that that's what it is just like when i gave the description of awareness being infinite light, just a space filled with infinite light, which would be nothing really because there is no contrast for light. So how do you know that it's light? <laughs> but awareness is and has that nature. Awareness can be aware of itself. And when it looks at itself in the mirror, so to speak, it looks at infinity. It looks at peace, calm. This is what I use in my teachings. The first step that we take is let's make sure that this is who we are. Right? And let's, let's explore that. Let's see who you are, fundamentally. And that's what we see. You know, There is no limit to myself, to that which I call me, I. Um, and so that is infinity. But then I put it as light, right? That's, a, that's an image in your mind. Light is an image in your mind. Space is an image in your mind. All of these things are appearing in your mind. Don't confuse those with reality. Because we may get, you know, caught in the vision and then you meditate in pure light, pure light, pure light. Yes, pure light is the finger pointing. <laughs> Experience what pure light is meant in my analogy. Ah, then, yes, that's it. Let's cover a couple more questions and they're pretty short. And yeah, we'll wrap it up. We'll, we're still going to talk about the matrix of the mind in the next episode question 27 non says the cup may represent the mixture of positive and negative passions would Ra comment please and Ra says the otic which means um, auditory uh, ear or yeah that's what otic means the otic portions of the instruments physical vehicle did not perceive a significant portion of your query please requery so in essence, they're saying, I couldn't quite hear you. Could you repeat again? And Don does so and says, there is apparently a cup which we have as containing a mixture of positive and negative influences. However, I personally doubt this. Would Ra comment, please? Ra says, doubt not the polarity, O student, but realize the cup. No, release the cup from its structure. <laughs> It is indeed a distortion of the original image. Um, let me read the next question because they're tied in. 
Don says, what was the original image? Ron says, the original image had the checkering as the suggestion of polarity. And that is the then the polarity that we see at the bottom of the box. Um, so, yeah, the cup was another one that was... Um, the cup was the... I guess what was released from the image and now we just have the checkered portion uh, at the lower part of the box right so I think we talked about this already this is part of the the illusion so the illusion yes the checkered uh, portion represents the illusion the polarity of the illusion and like I said it could be spiritual polarity or it could be uh, all kinds of polarity we experience here you know far and near and uh, deep and shallow and all these things that make up the illusion of reality it could be everything all of these things okay so i'm going to cover one more and then we'll wrap it up let's go with question question 30 Don says, then was this a representation of the waiting polarity to be tasted by the matrix of the mind? And Ra says, this is exquisitely perceptive. And I think this is beautiful to finish up today. Uh, I wanted to cover that because it was totally related to the previous question. Um, so let's talk about this and then conclusions. Yes, the the perception of Don to be, uh, to this be, it is a waiting for us to taste this polarity. Again, you know, my interpretation can still hold in that uh, it definitely holds on to the spiritual evolution, meaning that, or spiritual polarity for evolution. What is the spiritual polarity for evolution, you may ask? Well, that is the realizing of the self as self, um, and you know that could be positive or negative are you a limited finite self or are you the infinite illimited self well in the first one if you feel and you buy into the limited self then you can polarize towards the negative and people do that then the positive one you can realize that you are the self, not a self, but the self, the one, the one creator. Boom, that's it. Positive polarity. And then you start living your life with that recognition informing you. See, that's awakening. And the path of the awakened person is to allow that recognition to inform its reality, not to change reality. No, magic happens when uh, changes are done in consciousness at will. What is that will? The will of the creator through you, which is not your own individual will. That would be the negative path. So I think that holds on to that, meaning that polarity is awaiting to be tasted. I'm actually here with Ra. I don't think this is poetic. This is precise. It is exquisitely perceptive of Don to phrase it that way. It is a waiting to be tasted. Polarity is a waiting to be tasted. 
But again, it could also mean that it is the overall polarity of this reality of uh, the third density illusion. So it is um, it's a beautiful way to describe that, hey, we're not here only to polarize towards a positive, like it's a, you know, a, a rush, it's a, it's a race towards polarity, uh, but to also enjoy you know, male and female, up and down, um, have happiness as we know it as an ecstatic thing and sadness and sorrow and anger and uh, joy and all these things, uh, lack of love, war, peace, everything, all of this, I get all excited. <laughs> all of this polarity is to be enjoyed. You know, it's not like it, it's a test. I need to go through all of this polarity. I don't want to be cold anymore. I don't want to be hot anymore. I don't want to be this or I don't want to be that. I want to liberate myself from all of this. Um, maybe that's a little dramatic. <laughs> uh, and yet I give the concession that that is the self saying, you know, I am not this limited, you know, polarized being. I am much more. Uh, but yeah, that's why I emphasize so much for anybody on this path. Please, please. Please, first, know yourself. If you don't know who you are, it's not that you're lost, but you are, this probably sounds a little harsh, but it's you're running around like a chicken without head, like a headless chicken, right? Again, not to be uh, used as a pejorative way, but just to say, yes, you're confused. You don't know. Who am I? Why am I doing this? You have to know. And so I think this is a beautiful way to end the session. Not the session, this episode. We still have one more part. Conclusions, though. Well, um, by understanding the matrix of the mind, so far, we still have more to cover. And so far, we just... We have just talked about the different portions of the matrix of the mind. But in in a general sense, the matrix of mind is that which is our interface, like I said, is the interface in which through which we interact with the world. And what we see in the matrix of mind is a product of ourselves. I think this brings us to responsibility, which is something that I emphasize in teachings a lot. Become responsible of every single thought that arises in you. Uh, catch yourself when you are, when your mind is saying, well, that's because somebody else did this, or why is she like this, or why is he so negative, or why, 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 why? Realize that all of those views are coming from you. That's responsibility. It's coming from your dark side, if you will, right? That subconscious mind as they represented it here, that dark part of the box of your density, um, not density, of your illusion, your own projection. So taking responsibility uh, allows you to change the way the matrix looks. That is, I mean, that's a shortcut to say meditate find out you know all of these things within yourself and uh, take take charge of them take responsibility say this is all me this is all me 
much more to discuss here, but this is all I have. Um, again, final notes. The matrix of the mind is nothing without the potentiator. As Ra said, what is the potentiator? The unconscious mind. How do you reach out to the unconscious mind? Meditation. What is meditation if not to be aware of your own thoughts and to not identify with them? That is, to me, the way how it works. As usual, thank you so much for watching, for listening, depending on where you are. Uh, if you want to support my work here, there's only one place you could go for that, to do it passively, and that is Patreon. You can go in the description of every one of these episodes and find out more how you can join Patreon and support me there. For everybody else, thank you for listening, thank you for watching, and I appreciate you. I'll see you in part three of session 91.